Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, I'm Julie Gould and this is Working Scientist, a Nature Careers podcast. Welcome to the series Beyond Academia where we explore the movement of people between academia and other sectors. In the first part of this series, we explored what porosity was, the movement of people between the academic world and the world beyond. I want to remind you of the metaphoric, although very real, membrane that sits between the academic world and the world outside. This membrane is porous, slightly flexible and I'm imagining something quite otherworldly at the moment, something slightly slimy and sticky so that when you're moving through it, it almost moves with you a little bit and then once you're completely through, it wobbles, bounces back and sticks together again. Okay, if you've got that image in your head, I'd now like to talk about this membrane from the perspective of those moving from academia to the other side. The flow of people is stronger in the direction away from academia, which makes sense as most people who've done a PhD have left academia. The 2010 Royal Society report, The Scientific Century, showed that only about one person per 200 stays in academia. Yes, you heard me right. One person stays, the 199 others leave academia and go through this barrier to the other side. So the question is, Why do some people still find it so hard to break through? Chris Woolston, who is a regular contributor to Nature Careers and the editorial lead for its global annual surveys on working scientists, says that it's partly due to peer pressure, but also partly due to a fear of the unknown. They feel a lot of pressure from the people around them to stay where they're at. They get encouragement from people around them to stay where they're at. Postdocs, the lab leader will often say that academia is a place to be, and they currently are in academia. It's a place that they know. And even though it's a challenge and they may feel that they'll never be able to get a job there, they at least know it, it's a known quantity. And everything on the other side of that membrane is an unknown quantity. And even if they have friends who have been over there and they can talk about it, they still may not be completely sure about making that transition. The decision to make a big career transition like that can take a very long time to make. And Helke Hillebrand, who is now the director of the Graduate Academy at the University of Heidelberg in Germany, took her time over it. 
She had her dream job in the 1990s. She had recently received her PhD and was then promoted to be a group leader in the Department of Plant Physiology at Bochum University in Germany, where she could develop her own group. Develop my own subject area and, and really also plan for habilitation and to eventually stay at the university. So the choices were really broad and open and I felt, I had felt all my PhD life and also the diploma life before that staying at the university and becoming a professor would be really a dream, like the thing to do. And it was for a while. I was in a lifetime position. I wasn't even 30. Yeah, a dream had come true, but the dream was not what I expected the dream to be. And so I really had to do some change. Here's the thing. It was a risk to move away from academia. And making a change, a big life career moving change, at a point where your career is flourishing, isn't easy, says Chris Woolston. The biggest part is they just may not be able to make that leap. And they have to talk themselves into trying and, and taking a risk. What if I move away and I don't like it? What if my career options aren't what I thought they were going to be? What if the work-life balance isn't what I imagined? Will I be able to come back? These are the kinds of questions that Helka had going through her mind when she was making her decision. And there had been anecdotal knowledge about people who went into industry and who somehow returned at some point, but it was very anecdotal and more like very suspicious exceptions. But once I had taken the decision, I wasn't worrying so much anymore about returning. It was more like I was worrying about open and closed opportunities and doors while I was trying to take my decision. But the moment I had taken it, I certainly had in the back of my mind. So if it doesn't work, and I do know in a couple of months or week, there's always space for change. Yeah, I think once I started it, I really wanted to be successful there as well. And, and yeah, I, I think I was also fed up with this long period of decision making. And I wanted to build on something instead of shaking all the time. So after six months of thinking, considering moving to the US to pursue her academic dream or to move to industry, Helke finally made a decision to break through the membrane and take on a role at BASF, a German multinational chemical company, in 1999. She started there as a researcher and moved through the organisation, eventually leaving the post almost 10 years later when she was working as an investor relations manager. And we'll hear more from Helke about the next stage of her career in another episode. But for Helke, the decision to leave academia in the late 1990s was a worthwhile one. And Chris Walston says that the numbers from the most recent Nature Career Salary Survey reflect this. I think for a lot of people that risk turns out to be worth it. Our numbers show that if you can get an industry job, you're more likely to be satisfied, you're more likely to be paid well, and you're more likely to see good things in your future. The reasons for shifting career directions often coincide with other major events in people's lives. And your future can be difficult to plan when this happens. And it can make moving really hard. But sometimes it actually makes the decision much easier. For Jorge Abro, the period at the end of his PhD at the Max Planck Institute for Astronomy in the Heidelberg area, Germany, was a busy time. As well as preparing and defending his thesis, his first daughter was being born. He didn't have the time, mentally or physically, to prepare projects for a postdoc position. As well as that, 
He really wanted to be there for his daughter, especially during the first year of her life. And he didn't think that a postdoc position would be flexible enough to do that. What he wanted was stability and that career in academia doesn't always offer this. So I defended my PhD on the 25th of January and I became a father on the 18th of March, right after. And so, first of all, uh, this PhD defense plus finding postdoc plus the kid and everything, it was like a really difficult time for me to really be centered and to organize the projects to find a postdoc. So that made it really difficult in that sense. On the other hand, I also wanted to be there for the kid. I wanted, especially the first year, really to, to be there. So for Jorge, moving at an early stage of his career worked well, and he found a position as a data science consultant in the private sector. For him, there were more risks to staying in academia with respect to financial stability than there were in the private sector. Industries in machine learning offer you a long-term contract. So there is not this problem of, okay, I need to look now a postdoc, then we need to move another two years somewhere with the kid, and then we need to move to another place else. And so in that sense, obviously, the private industry was offering a much more stable condition. So to minimize the risks of moving, what is the best time in a career to move from academia to a role outside? Almost everyone I spoke to said that either during your early career or at a later, more senior stage are the two easiest times to move. There is another reason why doing a move during the early stages of an academic career is easier, says Soren Bregenholt. It's because you're not invested as much into an academic career yet. You're also younger and you may have more flexibility in what you're willing to do. When you are early in your career, I, I guess there is more of uh, there's more flexibility and, and you are less set in your ways. Uh, so I, I think from a from a personal perspective, it, it may be easier. And yes, actually, I, I think uh, when you are later in your career and, and, and may have established yourself in either academia or, or industrial science, that name you, you, you may have built for yourself allow you a little bit more uh, room to operate, so to speak. The hardest time is the mid-career stage, says UK entrepreneur and technology transfer professional Nessa Carey. For example, when you've done a couple of postdocs. Because you're then, you're in a really difficult position. You're quite, you're starting to become quite expensive in academia, but you haven't necessarily been able to demonstrate all the skills that industry might want for somebody of your age and your seniority. So I think people need to think very early about what their career path is. There's a limit to how much you can map it out. But if you're doing a PhD in the UK, the figures are that for Every 200 people who start a PhD in the UK, one of you will become a professor. Those are pretty bad odds. So everyone needs to be playing a more active role these days, I think, in planning their careers. And I have to say, the younger generation are so much better at it than my generation was. My generation was rubbish. We had no careers advice. We had no career planning. You know, it was just assumed you would just stay in academia in some form or other. Um, I work quite a lot with young professionals from academia and they're so much more savvy. They know that there are other options out there. They know that those other options are not necessarily lesser options. You know, they don't view it as 
you know, they're taking a step back or anything like that. And also many of them I find are taking the position that they've looked at their PIs and they don't want their PIs lifestyle. They don't want the pressures that are on the PIs um, where they can see them being in jobs for which often you know, the pressure is immense. Nobody's ever thanking you for anything you, you do. Nothing's ever finished. And in relative terms, often the salaries are dropping. Um, so, you know, they, and you have years and years and years and years and years of job insecurity leading up to that. So I think a lot of people are being much more thoughtful about their careers, which is fantastic. In 2020, I spoke with Shambhavi Naik, a biological sciences postdoc turned journalist turned policy researcher at the Takshashila Institution's Technology and Policy Programme in Bengaluru, India. She also runs her own startup, which procures lab supplies to labs in India. And she believes that the attitude towards the postdoc period needs to change, that it should become a time of transition, of exploration, of self-discovery, to see where your career can take you. You look at it as a step into academia, whereas it's actually a step into self-discovery. Throughout your PhD, you're learning theory, you're looking, learning techniques, you're learning how to apply a science, how you're learning critical thinking to apply to a science program. Um, your postdoc allows you to do much more than that. And I think it is in that position that you can actively think of, hey, now I've learned critical thinking. I've spent six years behind a single research issue um, and which has like, taken over my brain space. But now I can think of where I can apply this. Are there any other avenues I want to use this for? Uh, for me, it was policy making, right? policy analysis. Um, for others, it could be something else. Uh, but I think that postdoc position has to be looked off, looked at as a transition point into thinking that, hey, I've created this trained person who can run a Western blot if they want to, but basically knows how to look at a problem and try to solve it. Um, and can we now give them opportunities of applying that training across a spectrum of fields uh, and seeing what they want but if a full transition from academia to elsewhere isn't what you want, there is a middle ground. There are many, many researchers that straddle the academic industry boundary, and we will hear from some of them on how they manage it in the next episode of this series. Thanks for listening. I'm Julie Gould. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 